All right, welcome back to the Rabbit Rabbit Hole. I'm your host, Chris Baker. Today, I have a buddy of mine, Corbin. He's a creative artist. He does photography, video, graphics, and funny stuff on Instagram I've, I've been seeing lately. You've been <laughs> posting some funny stuff on there. Um, Corbin, thanks for coming on. It's been a while. I know we've been talking about doing this podcast episode for basically since we met, probably a year and a half, yeah. two years ago. Yeah. Uh, we've been wanting to do this, and we're finally doing it. Welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Well, another thing is I should mention that you were the photographer at my wedding. I had you, you and another one of my friends. Also, it's funny that like the first sounds you're going to hear always with me is I'm just adjusting the microphone. Yeah, go ahead stand. and adjust that how you want. But yeah. yeah, but no, I know everyone hates that. And it's like the first <laughs> thing that I'm going to do. So, but no, uh, it's, it's cool to, yeah, just, you know, on another level, just break down and hang out with you uh outside like we haven't hung out since my wedding really yeah and actually it's been since then it's uh it's been a very weird time that was august of last year and yeah. uh yo okay so let's talk a little bit about yeah just uh so august of last year which yeah. would be august of 2019 since then mm-hmm. life has changed drastically for everyone but uh definitely specifically for you and your your new yeah. wife yeah. where you guys are we're expecting. Yeah. Yeah, we're you're expecting. expecting. Um, that's kind of crazy. Like right See, now there's a pandemic going on where, you know, in in the major cities at mm-hmm. least, they still can't even really go outside of their house, like yeah. let alone like they can go for walks and stuff, but like yeah. there's nothing open. Uh here in Oklahoma City, things are just kind of reopening, but like it's kind of their own their own like decision. And it's still slowly we're reintegrating, but like I don't know how it's gonna how quick it's gonna be, especially when summer hits and then bars yeah. and stuff really open but like you're going through a time where you're ha- you're ex- you're expecting during all this oh bro what is that like on from your perspective maybe you can speak for your your significant other yeah. as well but yeah. from your perspective what's that like it's uh and it's your first kid by the way yeah, right it is my first so kid. uh that's and, exciting and it's you know it's from a weird place of where i didn't want to have kids for a long time and i told myself that i wasn't going down that road so it was kind of unexpected and uh it's it's a very i think the number one thing that i've learned through coronavirus because i'm expecting and my wife is you know expecting that is that we all have our own truths about what is going on in the media and in the news so like i'm not going to convince you of what is going on with coronavirus or what or or how to react to it or anything like that or how you should be handling it and a lot of people it's like like in here i'm wearing a mask and you're very you haven't even brought it up or anything like that and it it's like some places i'll go and they'll be mad at me or mad at my wife because she's wearing a mask like she works at the front lines at target uh she does customer relation and it's i mean that's the very front of the store and she's pregnant and people are mad at her for wearing a mask and it's like hey you know it's a weird thing but yeah it's one of those things where like i haven't fully i'm i'm not wearing a mask you obviously can't see we're in my garage um I haven't like fully embraced myself in that yeah. uh, motion yet. I understand it might help. It might not. I get it. Yeah. But I haven't like fully brought myself because like, you know, everyone's got a different perspective on on, exactly, yeah. on perceiving the scale, severity. I think it's a serious issue. But for me, I just since I, I kind of know myself yeah. and I like know my body, I feel like yeah. I feel like I can walk around. Nonetheless, yeah. That's it doesn't I mean. matter. Yeah. The perception is 
And when you go out, if you are wearing a mask, you have a perception of people that are or are not wearing one. If you're not wearing a mask, you have a perception of yes. people that are or are not wearing one. Yeah, and, and it's a it's a societal judgmental yeah. thing that's going on. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Well, even last night, I went over to people that I consider to be like progressive liberals house. And, you know, they're the wear the mask everywhere they go type of a people. And whenever I got over there, they were doing this logic of like, well, if he goes to work and he only takes off his mask and he comes home and he, you know, hangs out with the rest of us, I'm not getting Corona. It's like, no, if somebody gets Corona and they come into your house, it's like your husband, you're probably getting Corona. But and I'm not trying to convince everybody that I'm just saying like the logistics of that from their perspective is what I thought would be there. But from from my personal area, it's uh, I've been taking it extra heightened because, well, just to be frank, okay, so at the beginning of this last year, uh, actually around Christmas, uh, I found out that Linda was pregnant then. And so it's before Corona was really getting anywhere, like unless you're paying attention to some of the deep boards, you're really not getting too yeah, much Yeah, and also because it was it was really just in China yeah, during uh, like Christmas-ish yeah. time. Uh, and so uh, I think it was New Year's Eve, uh, Linda had a miscarriage and it was it was really, really hard on me. Uh, you know how I was just saying, I thought I'd screwed up my life, you know, and I thought I'd, I wasn't supposed to have kids. So for for me to get the joy of having that, you know. Wait, is this before, Um, is this, this New Year's year? Eve of 2020 or New Year's Eve of 19? Uh, like it was going into 19. Going into 2020. So oh, okay, okay. just a few months yeah. ago. Um, and so, yeah, I it was just really devastating to tell all of our family on Christmas Day that we were pregnant and then a few days later go through that. And we'd known for a while that she was pregnant, but we hadn't really confirmed it. And uh, so it was just a really bummer way to start off the new year. And so it was just like every single day I was trying to find pick me ups in different ways, whether it's drugs or whatever, what it is. But uh, but it was like, I don't know, a month of sadness. And then Linda goes through the same symptoms again and she's like kind of early this time where she's talking like my boobs are tender and it's like there's no way that this is going on and so she has to go and get blood work eventually multiple times to prove that it's not a a chemical pregnancy and and we find out you know through this weird happenstance and dude we only did it one time in like a month so she got pregnant in that one time this time so it's a weird situation. Congrats on the sex, by the way. Yeah, yeah, thanks. But <laughs> it's not just that. It's like, so I'm I'm wanting to take care of my wife because we just went through that. But also, she's the youngest daughter of uh, a widow. Her dad died whenever she was like four years old. So it's a I'm really feeling this sense of children of men whenever I'm going out, just like trying to protect my wife. And dude, I've had the cops called on me. Like I've dealt with the cops so many times from the quarantine, and it's not in a way of where I'm trying to get in trouble or where I'm getting arrested because maybe there's a conspiracy there where like in 2020, I've never been arrested and I've dealt with cops more than I ever have before. And before 2020, I was arrested like every single time I dealt with the cops. That's, you know, just fucking around. But yeah, but for real, it really feels like that. And uh, I, maybe it's the dad mode mentality that I'm taking on. And basically like the last time that I was talking to him, uh, I heard something on some like, just like a video clip where it was like, I don't talk to uh, cops. Lawyers talk to cops. And I said that to the cop and he really was like, oh, well, I'm done talking to this guy. And it was a really weird situation. It was a, had to do with a barking dog and we'll talk about it off air. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's another thing is like uh, during this time is people are stuck home 
obviously before things started reopening in some Mm -hmm. places, people have been stuck home for about two months. Mm -hmm. They are worried about being out of a job. They're worried about bills. They're worried Mm -hmm. about the safety of their own family members from illnesses. They're worried about all these different things. You know, I saw something um, on Instagram. I follow this doctor chick. She's she's a doctor. She puts out medical information sometimes on her stories. She's a fitness page too, but whatever. I, I actually follow her for the medical information that she puts out. It's actually pretty useful. Um, something she put out that I, w- I actually like responded to her. I was like, you know, I never thought of it this way. And it's an interesting point is people were up in arms that... Uh, Liquor stores were staying mm-hmm. open as essential business. Yeah. Like, what do you mean? That's just, like people aren't just going to party. Well, no, it's actually not because of that. It's yes. because people that have alcoholism oh. that de- are severely dependent on alcohol. If you take that away, there's going to be a mass amount of people in the hospitals just from dying. withdrawals, yeah, exactly. and dying yeah. from it. From so it's it was a really interesting perspective to be like, why are dispensaries where medical mm-hmm. marijuana or recreational mar- marijuana are legal? Why are dispensaries staying open and and liquor stores staying open mm-hmm. when they're when they're not really some people some yeah. people wouldn't consider them essential but they are when you actually think about oh, it. Oh man, for me, I I wouldn't be. I mean, I would definitely have been arrested during those times if I didn't have the medical dispensaries open. And I don't even smoke weed really. I I take edibles now, or I'll I'll do a dab, which is you know super weed but uh but I, you know it's kind of like a i'm not trying to make it a dirty hippie thing i'm trying to keep it just to keep myself from going overboard in different places yeah absolutely and you know i mean i smoke very frequently mm-hmm. myself marijuana um and i i feel like there is a sense of there's already you're already stuck at home mm. So, and I, and I smoke marijuana myself personally for a variety of reasons. One, it does help with a lot of like inflammation yeah. problems, yeah. but two, I, I use it. I smoke weed when I'm trying to get creative, when I'm doing a video, editing a video, I really find it helpful to get creative, get that flow going, get that creative, you know, juices flowing, whatever it may be. It can be for a variety of issues. I think marijuana is one of the drugs where you go into it mm. and you get what you, what you put into it. Yeah. Like I, I'll smoke before I go to the gym. Mm. I'll smoke before I edit a video. I'll smoke before I go to sleep. And I'm I'm not doing anything different. It's all the same thing, but they're having these different effects because I put my psychology yeah. my psychological you know how to effort into it, it as a tool. and be like, "All right, how do I want to use it now? How do I want to use it at this point?" You know, all these different mm-hmm. things. But it, it was just an interesting perspective about alcohol mm-hmm. and during this crazy time. I mean, it's very interesting. No, to go further on that. And so, drug use is probably no. up very high. way high like yeah. I'm, I'm talking like hard drugs for the people that are like super worried about their job yeah they're already they were already on edge before yeah and now they have lost their job they're worried about their bills yeah drug use suicide rates they're all going to be up when we look at the numbers going back on this yeah um well okay a couple things to go along with that i do know firsthand that drug use is going up just from being very close to my drug dealer and you know or because he's one of my best friends and it's not that you know we've gone back for basically since high school uh he's at my wedding the guy with the two color shoes <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay okay <laughs> he's clearly a drug dealer <laughs> you know, yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah i hung out with him and talked to him a couple times uh kind of like we're doing where we're wearing a mask and he was telling me you know like his selling of coke it was just gone through the roof because everybody's not expecting it to be here six months from now so it's kind of really weird. yeah it's, it's really weird on that they're expecting um, to not have cocaine. Well, yeah, because basically any traffic going over the border is, you know, like 
the only traffic going on so it's it's easy to you, find it you know you know what that's i never thought about that uh, it's a, this is like a very good time for um ish. to capitalize on capturing drug trafficking yeah. not that i It'd be I don't easy. support it, and I don't no, no, no. hate on it. Yeah. I'm, I, I am staying neutral. Watching. Yes, you are I am, watching. I'm a yeah. unbiased exactly. observer. Yeah. I, I see you and I sitting on top of a hill watching it going on, just like, whoa, shit. What yeah, is yeah, that? whoa, you know? what's going on yeah, here? Yeah, I just exactly. want to see. I just want to know. I want to document yeah. this history That's going exactly on. That's exactly how I feel. That's how I feel about politics, too. Where it's yes. Like, I'm, yes. So many people are loyal or, or whatever. So many in. people have to have an opinion. Why yes. can't you just look at something, talk about it, and yes. not have what you say yes. be your opinion? You can still look at something, put your perspective into it, be like, look at both sides i see this side and how it's playing out i see this side how it's playing out i have no opinion on either side uh, yes but yeah but today that's not how it is if you put something out there that's opinionated that could be perceived as opinionated mm. you're going to get stuck with that yeah. for the rest of time yeah it's insane no. and it is weird to see that but uh i want to go back to the drug stuff just yeah. because this go is ahead. kind of a weird uh tangent okay so do you know what sassafras is? I don't. Okay, so sassafras is, I believe it's an RCA, but that's basically like a crystallized form of acid. Uh, okay. So on my, like the night I got engaged, my uncle gave me two tickets to the Thunder game, and uh, we went and saw like the Thunder versus the Clippers. And whenever I got up there, I was like, hey, let's take some of this Molly, because I was thinking it was Molly, because it looks just like Molly. Um, and I told me and you know my wife, we took some of it and uh, my, I guess, fiance at the time, but we took some of it and then we're sitting there and these are really, really good seats. Like my uncle is the, or he was the CEO of this oil company here in Oklahoma city. So we, like some of the guys next to us were like, Hey, look over there. That's the other team's wives. And we're sitting like right next to like the other players wives. So it's a very weird situation. But while I'm, Feeling that, I start feeling this RCA kick in the sassafras, and it's it's basically like you know acid. And I'm watching this basketball game, and my wife knows once I start yawning, it's usually a sign of me mentally kind of going into the tripping space, if you will, or the tripping mentality. And she was like, "What's going on here?" And then she started to feel it, so we had to get out of there and kind of just freak out in this empty space of the arena. So that's the beginning story. First of all, that's crazy. It's a very weird story. I could ne- I've tripped a couple times. I could not on that stuff, but I could trip. I've mm-hmm. tripped a couple times and I could never do it in public. I, I have always done it in like the space of my house with one I, person there watching me or like taking making sure I'm all right, you know? Well, I I prefer to do it that way. I do. So uh and the only reason I did that was because I bought Molly and I got sass, but I didn't I didn't like label them. I just set them in a bag and I just forgot about it. So whenever I did that, I was just assuming it was just like Molly. So whenever I did that, I freaked myself out and I went and put it back in the same place where I had put it before. And during this coronavirus, I was going through my my little box of all my old drugs and I found that and I told myself, hey, here's that Molly that you forgot about. And so the other day I took like the holiest, biggest dose of sassafras (laughs) that you could possibly take thinking it was Molly and like the difference there. It's it's the difference of like having a fun night of of like hanging out, feeling like you're, you know, partying and going to the moon and figuring out all of the problems in your life. And so and it's not like it doesn't get your heart going up fast. It slows your heart down. So like 10 minutes into it, I'm like, hey, why am I not getting a fast heartbeat? And then like 20 minutes, I'm like, why am I feeling real trippy? And then like 30 minutes, I'm like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And so it was about three and a half days of no sleep 
and awake and like awake at a weird level of like not like a meth head but like of what what is going on in every single section of this house because it's all melting and i'm, I'm yeah, all my emotions you're super focused like yeah. you're like you yeah. see everything well i also sorted out like all the problems like me and all of my family have had problems where this is kind of a weird situation and i i, I don't want to get too deep into it but whenever this coronavirus started breaking out. My dad was only listening to Ben Shapiro and Ben Shapiro is political just in his nature. He's a political yeah, pundit. I mean, that's you know? just his So he sends a career video to me and he's like, Hey, here's a, it's to me and my brothers. And he's like, Hey, take advice from Ben Shapiro because he's not being political in this. And it's like, Hey, why would you send this? It's I'm not like trying to get into this. I don't want to convince you guys. And they're like, well, it's not political. And it's like, guys, I'm not trying to do this. And it caused a huge fight with me and my family because I, and it's not politics even, and religion. Yeah. And it's not even anything other than it's like, Hey, I'm just not trying to like get into explaining why he is political. Even if you guys don't think he's political, it's not that I'm trying to, you know, tell you that he's wrong or anything, but he's definitely being political. He's got a political narrative. And now in hindsight, we kind of know the, you know, push the economy open versus, you know, keep it closed. Everyone's doing that debate. And I didn't want to get into that bit. I just wanted to say that he's political. But it caused a huge fight with my family. And so while I was on that that uh, sassafras and that weird, you know, three day binge, I was like able to pull in all the problems like like I was like some like weird messiah, like just pulling in, you know, all of the. Well, you can't you, you like. So how I see it is and I'm just like secondhand observing mm. you became vulnerable and you let yourself witness and and acknowledge your your flaws, your weaknesses, not just yours, those of around around you, how they treat yeah. you, how you treat them. And that's something I noticed with uh, DMT. I've tried DMT before. I've mm. never gotten to the fully, there. fully, fully there. I've gotten to the you know the first hit where it's like boom. Yeah. Uh, for those of you that don't know, dimethyltryptamine is what you dream on. It's what is released naturally in your brain when you dream. It's released naturally when you die. It's that light at the end of the tunnel. Um, but what I noticed was. You really, 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 for some reason, and I don't know, you really become aware of certain flaws in yourself. Maybe not even flaws. They could be, you could be, become aware of uh, successes within yourself mm. too. You know, you, you just become super hyper aware of everything that's going on, both with you, with those around you, and of those things that's happening mm. around you. It's super weird. It's super cool. It is super interesting. And something I think is it does, I think something like that, and I want I want to get your perspective on what you think uh going into the DMT trip space mm. is. Like I said, I haven't gone into there, but yeah. I, I want to get your perspective on it. I think what it is is you are, I think you are, I think there is a some sort, and this is like I think, mm. but like I don't fucking know. Yeah, I don't fucking know. This is just like a hope. I think there is another realm of existence. Mm. There's another plane, there's another dimension. Whatever the case may be, where you do have that connection, you do have that communication with these beings. I, I was sitting there feeling like they were, and it wasn't in an aggressive way. They, I felt like I was on a couch. I was on a couch. I felt like they were pulling me back, bringing me, like saying, "Hey, come on, come to this, come on this journey." And myself, subconsciously, couldn't do it. I just, it, it couldn't let go. Something was happening. I wanted to express what I was sensing. I wanted to express all these different visuals, auditory, mm -hmm. and all no, I, the different senses you experience. I yeah. wanted to express what those were verbally, and I was fighting you going there. In, but, but it was in no sense aggressive. Yeah. It was all welcoming, and it was insane because mm -hmm. it was like I could – you feel these beings, and 
You feel mm-hmm. this entity mm-hmm. and it's just super creative. It's super, it's super conscious. It's, it's, it's almost mm-hmm. like it's another realm. Uh, okay. So my first time doing DMT was a very weird experience where I had had my wife with me and we were shopping at a, like a, just a thrift shop. And I went over to my drug dealer's house and he was like, Hey man, do you want to try this DMT pen? And he was like, it's pretty strong. And I've done like every drug that I know. Like every time somebody's handed me a drug, I've been like, okay, let's You're see how it goes. You're one of my know. more well-versed friends in that. And market. hearing stories, <laughs> getting information and knowledge and just hearing things secondhand from you is, it's is something. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah. But it's interesting. You have very versed experiences. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, so this kind of brings up another weird political topic, but I, whenever I did it, he handed it to me and I hit it and it was like less than the time I had to get my breath out that I was gone. And it was like scary gone. And it was just like you're talking about where I was being pulled, but it was like I was yanked into like a Looney Tunes universe where it was just like a, in the scary, like Roger Rabbit version, you know, really, it was very, very overwhelming. And whenever I come back to, and I kind of have my consciousness, I'm sitting there thinking like, Oh my God, I left my wife at the thrift store, you know, and I'm, and I'm worried about it. And it's only been five minutes, you know, it's not been that long, but by the time I get back to her, you know, I'm crying and I've like, you know, gone through sweats and I've gone through this whole thing. And afterwards my thought process was, that shit should be illegal. And it's, that's, you know, me being somebody that said I, I've sold drugs, you know, I've sold yeah. drugs for a long time. Well, I mean, here's the thing. And it's just like with everything. Yeah. You have not to, for everyone. Yeah. You have just to have, like uh, running, just like working out, just yeah. like drinking alcohol, just like drinking soda, just like whatever. It's not for everyone. Well, and I've, and, and this is something I've been very adamant to myself, mm-hmm. to my friends that I discuss this with, to anyone that's ever asked me. I, I've only ever done shrooms or DMT or whatever in an in, in a exploratory experimental way. Yeah. I want to, it, I feel like it helps you connect with yourself, with the, yeah. with nature, with the universe. It's, it's more of an ex- experiment than anything to me. It's not a party. I don't, yeah, I don't party anymore. I'm not some crazy lunatic. Like, it's just more like, I want to get answers. I want to learn. I want to grow my my inner self, I guess, if you will, get woke 2020. Well, I think uh, part of that is like, I, I think that, yeah, it should be legal in some type of a regulated way, but I don't think that for everything because like, yeah, I agree. like I agree. cocaine, it's a really weird one where I think like, uh, well, okay, so that drug dealer I was talking about, he, whenever he gets any level of cocaine, he washes it with lab grade acetone and that basically takes all the impurities out of it. So it makes it really, really nice. And, Whenever he goes and sells it, people will remember him from 10 years ago and they'll go, that's the guy with the really good Coke. And it kind of lets you know that the free market might determine how that which drug is, you know, the most popular. Now, granted, it would be cleaner if it does go into, you know, pharmacies. and stuff. Yeah, well, I also think a lot of uh, a lot of drug use is the idea that it's illegal. Yeah, no, like yeah, a lot sure. of people, yeah. especially in your mm-hmm. late teens, early early adulthood, they want to do the. They're taboo. just doing it to party. They're yeah. doing it to be cool. They're doing it to be whatever the case may be. But it's 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 definitely one of those that like it's illegal. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do it, mm-hmm. you know, or I want to try it because it's like it's just yeah. everyone has that. No, nope. yeah. like you hear a rule, hey, don't run in the halls. What are you gonna do? The yeah. second that teacher turns their ha- their back in in high school, just get going. You're yeah, running. Exactly. You're running in the hall. You know, yeah. like 
you yeah, just want to sure do that. that element. And so I think like decriminalizing a lot of drugs would help in the mm-hmm. sense that like you could then treat uh, any addictions or issues as health issues and not mm-hmm. criminal issues. Yeah. That would help with our criminal justice system yeah. immensely. And it would help with our health. mental health yeah, uh, oh, issues immensely. That's probably the biggest problem outside of like this whole Corona thing is mental yeah, so health. I think there's, I think most psychedelics would be the most beneficial I, I for so too, mental yeah. health issues. I mean, they have numerous studies of uh, mush- psilocybin yeah. mushrooms. Yeah. Uh, they have numerous study- studies of acid, which I'm well, ultra, but that's not a good yeah. one. Um, <laughs> MDMA is a big one for PTSD and veterans mm. from, from overseas, you know, combat mm. veterans. Um, it's, it's these psychedelics have proven to cure depression, mm. uh, help you, you know, become good, like, like yeah. positive, have a positive inner mental health. It, it, it's proven. I mean, it's just been proven. Like, well, even if you like look back at the 1970 high times weed it looks like bushes with no bud on it and you see where we are now and it's that progression in that amount of time over an illegal drug and it's like we see how there are you know grandmas that are taking it that are i mean you and i have been to a dispensary together where we saw people in wheelchairs going in they're not using it to be potheads they're using no exactly it, yeah. they're like uh, this shit's actually helping me yeah so i i could see how 30 years from now the development in you know any of those could be uh, yeah and you know something i always growing up you know i i smoked weed in high school mm-hmm. and one time my parents caught or found my weed my mom found my weed and it was a huge argument you know mm-hmm. you're a high school kid whatever it's not really a big deal but yeah. it is a big deal because they're like oh what the hell you're doing drugs and i'm sitting there like listen like this is gonna be legal in a few years and yeah. what do you know it was and i have my medical card now like i'm yeah. smoking it legally medically it's like what are you talking about like yeah. No, you got no. people sitting in you got people sitting in jail that were moving, you know, yeah. a couple ounces Little of amounts. flour. Yeah. And it's like, what dude, what are you talking about? Like girls yeah. in the ground. What no, you, that's like stupid. All those people that are gonna move in that movement, like towards being, I don't know, just progress in that movement from being anti-weed or anti-drugs in general, aren't ever gonna go back and go, sorry that I was I threw all your people in jail for, you know smoking crack and i realized that it's a mental health issue and not you know uh, yeah i mean socio- like obviously yeah. meth isn't good for you like i'm not saying yeah. drugs are good legalize no. them so that people can use them i'm not no. saying that but let's not but you can people- treat it as a mental health issue yes. and an addiction problem and get people healthy again and mm. not just throw them into jail for mm. being you know getting because look you do heroin accidentally like yeah. say you ac- yeah, say someone no, fucking real. pokes you with heroin or something yeah. like, i don't know how that would happen but like let's just yeah. say like you that you could be addicted for life and you weren't even trying to be yeah and no. like it's not your fault no i mean and i'm not saying like everything's an accident but what i'm saying is like some people try things like it's it's just human nature to experiment yeah. it really is like if you don't if you don't experiment you're not learning it, yeah. like that's like that's like just being I'm never going to learn anything ever again. Like you should learn stuff every single day. Yeah. Like every day. Well, that also. OK, so the other thing is the the negative that goes with it is the criminal aspect of turning people into criminals, but also 
there are real criminals out there that are profiting and making their lives way better because drugs are illegal. And, yes. And it's not just the Mexican cartels. Like, I, I mean, I think I told you about my foosball partner, uh, the guy that's yes, yes, yes. So he he's escaped from prison uh, before, and he's he's out now properly. But <laughs> whenever he escaped, he went to his his drug dealer's house, and his drug dealer was thinking that the cops were watching him. And he was up at three in the morning feeding his chickens in a real weird way that he met him. But he'd been holding his wife hostage and putting meth, you know, up in her to keep her awake to so that he could interrogate her. And it's like, that's that's the type of drug dealer that you have out there in the middle of the woods. That's, you know, a backwoods Arkansas type of a guy that's yeah, benefiting. Exactly. From it's it's it can be scary. It's a. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a lot of the weird drug culture yeah. that's scary that we don't get. That's into. What I, I don't even, I don't even mess with getting anywhere close to that stuff. I, I stick yeah. to the natural. Yeah. Well, weed here, and shrooms. That's like really all I would ever really, yeah. and and DMT is natural as well. I would do that. Yeah. But like, I even would rather do yeah. shrooms and acid. Well, so uh, just to go back to like in yeah. Oklahoma, like ten years ago, I had to deal with very shady people just to get weed and not very good weed you know it was I, i've been jumped and i've had people put guns at me and stuff over not much amount i mean and over 140 dollars worth of swag yeah you know? and it's like what did i really just get my ass kicked by you know a bunch for of people fucking weed yeah for for less than 200 bucks worth of weed so it's a i don't know we'll, we can move on that's well all right well moving on do you how do you feel uh psilocybin increases mm -hmm. your consciousness oh towards yeah the your your spirituality right? yeah. your outlook on how the world works what are your thoughts on that and, and do you and maybe no, you do yeah. i don't know do you use psilocybin or um anything that you would like a hallucinogenic yeah, yeah, for creative purposes i do it all the time i uh, i love i I absolutely love using. By the way, can you give people a, a short description of, of what you what do I, as a creative yeah. artist? So I am a filmmaker and I'm a screenwriter and I'm a musician and I, I've toured in bands going around uh, the U.S. and kind of a it was screamo. I don't want to admit that, but that's <laughs> what it was. Is like that. And then uh, I've made films under uh, the producer Gray Fredrickson. I was one of his very first interns, and that's the guy that produced The Godfather one, two, and three, Apocalypse Now, The Outsiders. He's really yeah. He's well actually known. professor down at uh, Old Triple C. Yeah, he's really well known. Oklahoma um, City Community College. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I made a documentary just recently about him. I put it up on YouTube, The Oklahoma Godfather. If you get bored, but uh, but yeah, I uh, I've just do remember a, to plug that later. Yeah, um, there's just a bunch of different random things that I uh, I I I dip my fingers in because I just enjoy trying to see what all's create. Oh, I play professional foosball. I mean, kind of yeah. another weird thing. Yeah. We actually skipped over that earlier when yeah. you were like my foosball partner. I wanted yeah. to touch on that. So yeah, but you do a bunch of different things. You're, you're not stuck in one uh, yeah. position or one aspect I've, of creativity. And I think that's like that for most creative people. Well, I found, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, uh, just to, it's not like that in my life though. Like my, my little brother is a working dad. My older brothers are a cop and a Navy SEAL. My dad is a doctor. My grandpa is a general. And it's like not a whole lot of creativity coming out of that family. And I think all of them not being like that has invested me very much in that realm. So, yeah, I think so. What I was about to say yeah. is um, I think if you are in a creative, if you start out in one creative part of, you know, creative arts or, mm -hmm. you know, whatever that may be for you, I think you eventually 
will take on other creative aspects or creative mm-hmm. tools. So for me personally, I started out wanting to just do podcast and then mm-hmm. maybe radio. Mm-hmm. And I grew into me learning to do video and mm-hmm. liking video, mm-hmm. learning to do photography and really liking photography, you're good. like really you're, liking you're it. You're gifted. You really and, are. And I, I, I get the sense that like most creative people, like if you're a guitarist, you probably sing. Yeah. Maybe not great, but you probably sing for idea. some of your own songs. Yeah. If you're a, if you're, you know, if you're an athlete, you probably do something else. Like you do your sport, but you probably do something else as well. Like creative people have this drive to like if you're creating, if you're doing a video, yeah. I'm like, oh, what song do I want to get that to yeah. go with? So now you're like going through thousands of songs mm-hmm. to being like, oh, this fits that. But then you then you think of a song. And you're like, well, that would fit a video for this or something. Mm-hmm. Or you're doing photography. You want to pick up. If you are, if you start out doing photography, you already have a camera. Start out trying to do some video. Like all these different things. I feel like you just, if you start out with one creative thing, you grow into another. And like you, I actually, I never thought I'd be a creative person myself mm-hmm. growing up. I really never had that drive. But then I, then once it started clicking, I was like, wow, I actually like this shit. I'm actually, re- I'm actually, you know cocky a little bit but yeah. i am pretty good at it no, i think you're. i think in the sense that like i'm good at it because i i work towards it like, yeah i, I actually exactly want that you know you, and, and it's something you want creative per- people it's not a it's not a very profitable world no starting out but if you make it a blue collar type of a job which is you know what you do you you make it to where it's like a, hey i'm not gonna put all my eggs in this basket but i'm gonna work towards a bunch of stuff and something's gonna catch or exactly you know? like i'm doing photo yeah. video podcast you know, I, I, for school, I do mm-hmm. TV stuff, radio, mm-hmm. all these different things. Something's going to work or yeah. they're all going to work very minimally and equal. And your resume looks great. Exactly. It's very diverse. Yeah. I can I can plug and go basically in any creative type mm-hmm. of job. Like if you need photography, I can do it. If you need yeah. audio you need producer, I can do that. Sound mixer, any yeah, of Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm not like a freaking audio engineer, but, but like you can I can do the basics. I can get can it all set it up out. and can, I can kind of manipulate it in yeah. a way that like, It'll be all right yeah. for but the most part. You could turn yourself into an expert. And that's that's kind of what I learned through foosball, which was it's so much like I didn't have anybody to help teach me or anything like that. And it's such a weird world of like so competitive. There's dudes that played for 40 years and they'll they'll come and fight you if you, you know, look at them wrong. I mean, I've had dudes that are on steroids try and fight me over foosball. But <laughs> isn't it funny how people on steroids just want to fight everyone? But it's, it's like, dude, dude, like, of course you're you're on steroids. Yeah. Like yeah. I, and I did watch him powerbomb somebody that I wanted him to powerbomb at one point, but that's a whole other. <laughs> Some satisfaction. Yeah, exactly. It was cool. And I watched him get a uh, concussion. The steroid guy from a foosball rod hitting him in the head one time. That was a real weird situation. <laughs> but okay, go back to the spirituality thing. So I think that people that are in the creative arts are, it's, it's, I think it's a shift. There's a, the old blue collar was, you know, teachers that taught math or science. And now there's a level of that. Those parents have taught us, hey, you have to go in there and do this every day if you're going to be making any type of a living. You're not going to be making a living if you're going in just being an artist. Chances are you'll never make a living. But if you invest in a bunch of stuff and you're working always, maybe you'll make it, you know? And, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think like exactly. That's why I want to do a little bit of everything. Like I want to do a little photography. I want to do a little video because mm-hmm. something's going to catch. Something's going to catch it and that will become my main yes. thing. And everything else can still and come it can along with whatever. it. Whatever. I mean. But one thing I wanted to bring mm-hmm. up with that consciousness stuff is I th- I feel like people that are more uh, philosophical, more uh, into 
um, learning about consciousness or talking about consciousness or spirituality, things like that. I feel like people that are in that are also very well into drugs into (laughs) yes, but also into creativity and creative arts. And I kind of got that idea from, uh, Midnight Gospel, which is on Netflix. It's Duncan Trestle. Uh, it's Duncan Trussell's show on midnight or on Netflix It's called mm. midnight gospel. It's really good. It's a cartoon, mm. um, like interview style, psychedelic mm. journey almost where he goes on these interviews, but a cartoon is created around a script is created around a, what seems to be a five mm. to 10, 15 minute interview. And they cut it up in a way that fits a cartoon show. Yeah. They really do a great job. They do a great job of doing producing that show. Well, I think a little bit of this goes into uh, partially like the political divide in a weird way where like the science teachers and math teachers and mechanics and stuff like that, they, there's not a lot of philosophical nature that comes into those jobs. Like that math is a hard science. I mean, you're going to get two if you add one plus one yeah um, i hope well, yeah exactly i mean you know maybe someday yeah, somewhere flips. somewhere that might not yeah. be true but uh but yeah it's i think it's just the fact that it doesn't enter into a lot of people's world ever like and it's whether it's because they got a job that it doesn't require them to be creative or and, and for us it's like a hey i don't know where there is a job so maybe i gotta be creative yes and, exactly i don't know man because i i've and i've said this ever since i got out of the navy I can't do a nine to five job. Yeah. I can't do a job at a typical store. It's just not who yeah. I am. It's not how my brain's built. If I do it, I'll go crazy. And I don't know. Yeah. I just, it's just not who I am. I, I have this, I have this drive to want to do my own thing. And I feel like these creative arts is how to you, like yeah. you, you learn, you, you really, it's, it's, it's survival in a way because there aren't great opportunities at first, you really do got to put in a lot of effort mm-hmm. to even start making money to begin with, oh, even let alone bit. making good money. Yeah. Because most of it is going towards gear, yeah. which is fucking expensive. Yeah. Like, it's not cheap at all. It's probably one of the, it's probably one of the more expensive, like, industries that, like, people c- that can just start up. You I can mean, just start it up. It's uh, like... Just what we've got right here, two mic stands, that's that's a hundred bucks easy. If you, you know, if you go to the, the closest music store, it could be two hundred bucks. Yeah. And and that's uh I mean, it just to hold your microphone, not even like the mic clip is another twenty bucks. Uh, exactly. The pop filter on top of it. Yeah. And, and of course, like of course people are gonna say you can do it cheap. Yes, you can, but you can also do the it startup. It's you can also see how I see it is invest at for like yeah. I'm going to make it or I'm not like yeah. I'm going to make it people listening are either yeah. going to be listening to this yeah. or you're not even going to hear this. No, and I'm talking to an old mic that <laughs> no one will ever hear. And it, that's okay. But guess what? It's I'm going to continue doing yes. it. So it's like, I might as well invest now and try Let it be good with some good you. stuff. Exactly. So here's a good story. Just on a tangent, yeah, just something fun. Uh, another time that I got the cops called on me during this corona so uh <laughs> one I've of the been, many right yeah yeah so i've been doing open mics for i don't know a while I, I've comedy like, or uh, yeah, musical uh, comedy okay and i uh i just will just kind of go up and riff and uh i came up to oklahoma city and in most little niche groups like this it's a uh, first person to get there is kind of the person to stake their claim so everybody at the open mic goes and thinks like the first comedian that got there is the best one and it's like no whoever's funniest is the you know person so yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's just kind of a weird yeah, idea. that's also like, like 
objective because what I find funny could be different from the person to my right. Yeah. I could think person number three is funny. Yeah. But person number five isn't. And yeah. the person on my right could think the opposite. It's you like know, thinking like, the kids in the back of the bus are the coolest just because they're the kids in the back of the bus. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, that's not true. So I, I've gone up there and I kind of smell this, you know, shit smell in the air that they all are kind of doing this. And I, I don't mind. I'm trying to make friends. I bring my friend up there who's slightly on the autism spectrum and he's he's a fun friend of mine he's a he plays foosball too professional foosball i got a bunch of stories in the future i'll bring you'll have to do a second uh follow-up or something i'll bring sean with me he's amazing but uh so i bring sean my best friend uh one of my best friends with me to this open mic and we're going like every week and uh and i do a couple and then i go with him to this smaller open mic which is like 10 comics just 10 of us and it's one mic and they don't even really need a mic you could just talk like we're talking each other to each other right now and in this room you test out new stuff you test out kind of uh racy stuff or whatever sketchy yeah stuff, you, you know? see what you, you kind of put yeah. these jokes out there see yes. what these other How, comics or trying comics yes. think and then like maybe if one of them is like or if they're all like that might not work then you go up and do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, type of deal. So, uh, and I've done this a couple of times and this is like my third time doing it. And the host, there is a new host that I haven't met yet. And whenever I meet him before the show starts, he doesn't really, he kind of disregards me. And then whenever we get the show going, he he's drunk and he's sitting in the back and he's, he doesn't introduce me really well. He's just kind of like, all right, you know, and I get up there and I'm starting to do a bit. And my bit is a base or it's based on that George Carlin bit. Uh, the seven words you're not supposed to say on TV. Oh, okay. Is, okay. Uh, you know, whatever they are. But, and I'm talking about how I think it's crazy that, you know, people are allowed to go around calling me retard. And it's like, my friend's got Asperger's. He's calling me retard. And it's like, a, Hey, why, why can't anybody back off of, you know, just the situation of a, like, it's, it's kind of funny that he's calling me retarded and I can't say it back to him just because of the fact that, you know, people will be offended or something like yeah. that. It's just a weird situation. But once I say that, once I say that, and I'm, and I'm just testing this bit out, I'm not fully through it, but once I get going, the host in the back starts chirping up and he's heckling me. And I'm like, what? Yeah, that's kind of unprofessional. Yeah, it's super unprofessional. So he he hops over this couch and kind of gets in my face, and he's standing right next to me. And this is like right at the beginning of the Corona stuff. So I'm I'm already tense, and I found, just found out my wife's pregnant again, and you know, just a whole weird situation. Yeah. And he's up in my face, and he's heckling me, and so I I turn towards him, and I'm like, Hey, man, you need me to choke you the fuck out? And that kind of settled him down, and he like kind of realized like, uh, Oh, uh, this guy is is kind of being serious right now so he lays down and i start talking a little bit more and he starts heckling me again and i'm like all right and i i kind of rush through my bit and i end up yelling at him for a second and then i go out and i'm i'm in the lobby and I, my blood's boiling and i'm just like you know kind of pissed off and somebody comes out and he's like hey, what's going on I was like that guy was heckling me the host was fucking heckling me of all people the host was heckling me like, yeah and what i should have said was i should have said hey retard i'm not talking about you i'm talking about other retards you know yeah but and I should have played the the power of the microphone, but what I did do was I went back in there and I kind of ran at him and I said, Hey, Matt, have you ever had your ass kicked by a crazy person? But I shouted it. And at that point they decided that it was time for me to go. And I get it. I was, it was definitely time for me to yeah. go, 
But, it's one of those like, all right, I know I'm heated. If I stay in here yeah, long, any bro, longer, like rested, sun's yeah. going down. No, yeah, I but, get that. But it was a weird situation of like now I'm I've got a lot of people banning me or blocking me on Instagram and stuff like that. So doing podcasts is probably the best route for me right now with yeah so two anger. things i want to touch on so what is your goal with comedy do you are you just doing it for fun or do just, you actually want to pursue that no no no. i don't honestly i think that the level of like like me too movement it's not that i'm like any harvey weinstein or anything like that but if if we're setting the bar with aziz ansari which is bad dates it's like i've had bad dates with me and it's like, you know, yeah, what, what a, when it's only a matter of time yeah. before those come out, yeah. and you know, what? it's only a matter of time before like all your information comes out. So like yeah. if you're listening to this and you have ever Googled anything yeah. that might be a little racy yeah, or might be exactly. a little, you know, on, yeah. on edge, like it's going to come exactly. out one day, whether it's exactly. tomorrow, a month from now, a year from now, or 10 years from now, it's going to come out. It's only a matter of time. Like that's just the world we live in. Yeah. Um, so, so you so, started a podcast as well. What are you, what are you going to, what are you going to do with that? What's uh, your, do you, you want to, do you want to talk about it? Is it in preliminary no, yeah, stages? It's, it's in the, uh, I've filmed a couple episodes and I haven't put anything out yet. I've put out like a couple little clips, but it's really, uh, just more than anything. I want to have conversations with like this conversation and with like my grandma and with like my grandma's full-blooded Native American. She grew up on a reservation and she was put into those boarding schools. And it's a real weird situation where she avoided the riots in LA to come to Oklahoma to move around other Indians that aren't even her tribe. And yeah, that is a interesting. Super yeah, yeah. weird story. Yeah. And you know, everyone's got a story. Yeah. Everyone exactly. does. It's just a matter of are they good at telling it? Yeah. You know, well, even and I'm then, not even the best either. Well, I'm I think I can talk to people and get a story out of them, whether or not they're great at telling stories, because I, I mean, I'm not trying to toot my own horn, but I, I understand story structure. Yes. And, and so going up to like, I see, you know, there's clearly uh, an immigrant homeless family that just became homeless. You can tell that they just became homeless from this COVID thing and they're standing out there begging and they've got a baby that's, you know, a year old and I would like to go interview them. Uh, I, you know, I don't know how much I can help them or anything yeah. like that. See, that's the tough part. It's like you, you want to talk to them people and get their experience. Like, I think it would be very interesting to interview someone that's been homeless and, and it is unfortunate that, you know, there's people out there that are suffering from yeah. uh, problems like this, but someone that's been homeless for, you know, a, a, a quite a while, I think their yeah. story, I think it'd be interesting to talk to them mm -hmm. for, a, for a decent amount of time, hear from them. But it is like, I don't have the means no, to, to fix your situation, fix at your all. problem. Like, no, and, and, I and do that's know unfortunate, people, but it's, I can't help. And you. I would love, but I would love to hear their story. You know, maybe one day that becomes a thing and where I can maybe that, even but. just sharing what I know how to, which is your story is, you know, is all I can do. And yeah, uh, but no, like not just that though. There's like, you know, the people that are on the side of the road that are like, pray to Jesus, you know, wearing their, uh, you know, like you're going to hell, you know, sign. And it's like, you're in the middle of nowhere, man. Why? Like, you know, that guy, have you seen that guy that's out here? He's no, like, I haven't. I dude, like two miles from here. There's a guy that sells, uh, or there's Mexicans that sell some tomatoes right up the street from him. And he just stands on the side of a country road with a big sign that says you're going to hell and pray and all this stuff. And it's, it's the middle of the country. And it's like, Hey man, that's so crazy. But I would dude. love to talk to him and just yeah. go, what that would be interesting. Like, what's your how long have you been doing this? You what's know? your uh objective? Yeah. And what's your like reason how reason you, or what's your purpose how are you or measuring support? what you're getting here? Yeah. <laughs> you know? It is interesting to think like it's, that. Um yeah. 
I lost something. I was gonna I was gonna talk about uh something else. Um maybe shit. I don't no, know. Man. Just well, what do you what what's what's going on? Oh, I know what I was gonna talk about. Yeah. Your Instagram. Oh is yeah. that all right? So for people that follow may follow you or don't yeah. follow you, is that is okay. what you're doing on and I don't I, I like it. I think it's funny. That's just because I, I enjoy it. it. Yeah. So yeah. do you do that out of uh funniness, out of humor, out of part seriousness do you do it because you know it will uh, uh tick some right. people off all right i yeah. want to get your perspective and and anyone that might listen like, to this that follows you would get yeah. their your idea too i like making myself laugh and i i'm not too concerned about making new friends i mean like i whenever we were, first became friends i think i had like 300 or something like that followers and i've got down to yeah like i have 30. no idea but i i just i unfollow everybody and i don't like that just because i some people get in and get mad at me and i don't care about that but what I, I do the funny stuff for is just because I like to make myself laugh. Like yes. my wife, uh, we were getting ready to, you know, get all sexy the other night and, <laughs> uh, and she's very early in her pregnancy, but as she was getting ready to get over close to me, uh, I said, baby, you look nine months pregnant. And it, it was because I thought it was fucking funny, but it, it was a record scratch. And she was like, are you fucking serious? And she, and I was like, yo, babe, I'm just fucking kidding. Yeah. Wait, backtrack. <laughs> I retract yeah, my statement. I yeah, retract. Yeah. And I didn't scratch get from the record. Scratch I from got the record. none because she was like, no, I'm yeah. so obscure now. Damn. <laughs> it is well, what it is. You know? But yeah, I mean, it is, it, it's funny how like, you know, I, I, I think, I think Twitter is moving towards a you know and this is not just this is not like as of today this is the past couple of years it's been moving towards us mm. it's getting more politically correct it's getting more people yeah. don't want to see that raunchy yeah. stuff i mean it's still out there yeah twitter is is like half wild west twitter yeah. and half like politically correct twitter yeah. it's kind of weird but it is like one of those things like you can't get joked context yeah. unless you like clearly make it a joke yeah. and i have things and i'll tell you off air i have some things that like with photos for captions that i would love to put as yeah. the caption but it's like too rough it's yeah. too much of a joke that like some people just wouldn't see it as a joke no, yeah and while yeah bad, any publicity is publicity or you know publicity yeah. is what, yeah, whatever that yeah. saying is bad publicity is good publicity yeah. or something like that like not for not for something like that on Twitter because like people you people use Twitter against you, they use it against you. Like your employee, like if I ever yeah. needed to get a con like a a gig or they'll, something, they'll go search like they'll all look your at tweets, that. And I yeah. kind of need to have somewhat of a pro- professional uh, perspective. Like yeah. yeah, I do put out there some con- you know yeah. very out there stuff like yeah. on the uh, like cons- maybe not conspiracy, but just you know theorizing yeah. theorizing stuff, but. It's nothing raunchy because they just you it's used against you, which I don't agree with. I yeah. don't think it should be. My opinion on that just is at the end of the day, I want to enjoy whatever makes me laugh. And so if it takes away from me being able to do that, then I'm I'm like, fuck it. I, I I'm just gonna post it because I agree, know. dude. It's just like too many people forget that like it's we're just supposed life. to like just enjoy it. Yeah, like just enjoy, enjoy life. life. If you don't enjoy too it, it's many okay. people yeah. are too worried about yeah. Not even too worried. Too many people want to be angered. Yeah. Angry. Like well, they just seek it out. They seek out being mad. They seek out being pissed. They yeah. seek out being offended. Yeah. And and it's like, dude, what the f- what is your problem? Yeah. Read the room. Yeah. Like read the read weird, the read yeah. the room. It's a joke. Yeah. You know? it's, uh, of, that's, it's, that, it's that shit. It's that kind of shit. Well, and then there's like weird levels of like 
like Louis CK, how he kind of surprised a room by like, Hey, I'm going to do a set for you guys. And it's like a, I don't know if that's the best solution. You know, like some people aren't ready to see you yet, you know, when he so, first came back. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but like, you know, if he's selling his own tickets, then you don't have to go to that. You don't have to be offended at his jokes. You don't have to watch that stuff. It's a, it's yeah. I don't know, man. I, I, but yeah, I, I do it because I want to laugh and I want to just enjoy what I think is funny. And so the stand up is like, I want to be around funny people. I want funny friends. And if I'm going to make, you know, friends with anybody, it's going to be somebody that, you know, makes me laugh, you know, somebody that, is, you know, brings, bring something positive yeah. to your life. Yeah. And maybe I can help them, you know, with a joke or two, or maybe they can help me with, you know, something. It's a, it's a craft. Yeah. Thing. And speaking of that one last thing, and then we'll, uh, we'll wrap it up. But mm. what do you like? You're a little bit, how old are you? 30, 30. Yeah. You've gone through life where you've recognized that some some of your friends weren't, how do I say it? Like a hundred percent there for you or like a hundred percent behind you. Oh, and, and it's not, it's not the biggest issue. Like you yeah. can still be friends with them. Yeah. But like, there's a certain point in life where like, we just be like, we just become adults and it's, yeah. you can't like, you can't have certain negative shit be surrounding you because no. it's like, yo, no. you're already like, you're already in a creative field. Yeah. Like if you're just being fucking thrown negativity all the time, like, yeah first of all i don't give a fuck about negative throw it all my no. way i don't really care yeah but like i'm not gonna i don't fucking feel like dealing with it no like yeah. I, I i don't i don't i'm not wasting my energy dealing with it i'm just gonna fucking not not no yeah not even entertain it yeah. anymore you yeah. know what i'm saying um so part of that the me talking about the fight that i got in with my family was the stress that was brought on because of this corona we just moved into a new house and i've been buying new stuff for my baby and and, and my pregnant wife and just a bunch of stuff and so i've invested like 10 grand into just moving and corona hits and it you know stock it just takes all of our money from there and you're supposed to get that you know coronavirus check but for some reason because me and my wife filed separately it says that i'm rejected from getting a coronavirus check so it's just a very weird situation where it got down to my wife was uh, took two weeks of vacation without pay so we had no money there for like a week right in the middle of it and Ugh. and i'm I, i'm in a texting war with my family about ben shapiro but i'm also like hey guys i've got two dollars in my bank account you know can we help figure me you know figure something out and Everybody kind of went in this weird world of, and I get it, you know, concerned about, hey, I'm offended because you said some mean things to me or, and I realized that a lot of that negativity, even in a crisis where I got a pregnant wife, it's a pandemic and all that, everybody tends to still think about themselves. And so some of these shallow interactions, like, like you and me, not that, you know, we're shallow friends or anything, but it's like, this is, this is way easier to do than to get into the weeds with people, you know? Absolutely. And, so. and, and this is like, we do about, I like to do about an hour mm. and it's, it's nice to just sit down, mm. have a discussion and it could be about, I mean, we talked about a numerous different topics, yeah, we did. We you know? Did. And yeah. I, I think that's a good escape of just like, we talk about things that are going on. We acknowledge it. We talk about some random things to take our mind off whatever's going on and like just focus on some stuff that we both enjoy. We yeah. both enjoy discussing. And I really enjoyed that you came on. I thought that was a great podcast. Yeah, um, go ahead and plug your YouTube, your Instagram, whatever you want to plug. Go ahead and plug it. Yeah. Um, your, the floor is yours. If, if you wanted to see 
just comedy stuff that I do, I guess check out Anti Corbin six 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 on Instagram or C O R B I N. So yeah. Anti Corbin six 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 numbers, and then uh, that's on YouTube also. And it'll be, be in the link. Else. It'll be in the description. I mean, yeah, we'll, um, we'll get it situated. Yeah. So yeah, Ed, you have a YouTube channel you want people to check uh, out? Same thing, same thing. Anti Corbin six six six, and there will be like a podcast and video clip series and. Uh, a couple of thought experiments like there's this thing called the veil of ignorance that uh, I, I would suggest any of your listeners to go check out. It's kind of a neat little thought experiment. So, are you re- before I plug any of my stuff? Are you reading any books? Are you listening into any specific podcast lately? What's something um, that you've been on? If I listen to any any podcast, I like to listen to uh, Flagrant 2. That's a really good sports podcast. Uh, politically, I listen to the majority report uh, because I like Sam Cedar and I think that he's great at debating. Really, the it's for I'm not even so much concerned about like the who's actually dunking on who. It's like I enjoy actual debate, not like you know, well you're an idiot. It's the hey, let me debate what your part is or what your your argument is to the fullest strength of your argument and and I think Sam does a good job of that uh on the majority report but other than that I uh just a little bit of you know light reading on a bunch of different books you know yeah. uh been paying attention to uh Trotsky on Netflix which is a very cool Russian show about uh Leon Trotsky interesting so. well thanks again for coming on uh i've been listening to uh america before by graham hancock i'm on chapter three i think i got two free audible books oh, so cool. i was like fuck it might as well try it out i'm listening to that or i'm listening to america before by graham hancock and i think the next one i'll listen to will probably be tribe by sebastian oh, nice. younger yeah. um or or i might find another one uh between now and then so go ahead and follow me at the bake is here on Instagram and Twitter. Be sure to watch out for this podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google Play, and a few others like Anchor. It, it'll be distributed on about eight different platforms, hopefully. Um, thanks for listening. Thanks for coming on, Corbin. Again, follow Corbin on Instagram and YouTube at anti-corbin666. Follow myself on Twitter, Instagram at the bake is here be sure to purchase my prints my photography prints at chrisbaker.darkroom.tech that was a rabbit rabbit hole with corbin thanks for coming on have a good one